Welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture. Presented by Cape and Cowell Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by Porfirio Rangel. Porfirio, how's it going? It's going good, Henry. It's always a good day to talk about comics with you. Awesome. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about Venom. Specifically, the Venom movie that came out just recently. I saw it, and uh, did you see it as well? I saw it, yeah, I saw it opening night. Awesome. Yeah, I saw it opening night as well. So um, I think we both have quite a bit to say about this movie. Uh, But first, you know, it's been a couple weeks since we last recorded. Today is... Tuesday, October 9th, and uh, there's been some geek news that has happened in recent times, so Perferio, do you want to talk about uh, some news items? Yeah, sure. So these are some of the big stories to come out since our last podcast episode. Okay. So first and probably the most impressing is Chris Evans' announcement of his last day on set as Captain America on October 4th. Right. Evans, he's been, you know, Captain America for the past eight years. And, you know, everyone recognizes Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Mm -hmm. So... I feel like this is how everybody feels like with Chris Evans playing Captain America. You can't imagine anyone else replacing him or him being in another role without thinking of Captain America. Yeah. So in a small little tweet, he thanked his fans and any crew member he's worked with to help make the character come to life. Yeah. Um, So I thought this is pretty awesome. Very, very classy move you know uh it was so well written i kind of feel like we should read it so i thought maybe i'll read it out it's pretty short so yeah i'll do a quick it. read uh-huh. okay so uh this is from chris evans twitter he posted this on october 4th so just recently he tweeted officially wrapped on avengers 4 it was an emotional day to say the least playing this role over the last eight years has been an honor To everyone in front of the camera, behind the camera, and in the audience, thank you for the memories. Eternally grateful. Awesome, right? Um, It was almost like something Captain America would say. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It was so cool. Um, It was sad, but, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of uplifting, too. It, it really showed that he appreciated the role, he enjoyed the role, and um, it means a lot to him, right? And as fans of what he's done, that's great to hear, you know? I, I love to hear the fact that, you know, it means so much to him. You know, like, you mentioned actors who are synonymous with their characters, like... Daniel Radcliffe and Hugh Jackman, like uh, on the flip side, an actor like Daniel Craig, who is really synonymous with Bond now, right? With James Bond. Um, I I don't want to shit on Daniel Craig. He's an excellent actor, but he has publicly voiced his displeasure for playing the role, you know? And um, I enjoyed the Bond movies 
he was in, and it just kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth when I hear that he didn't like doing it, and he just he did it for what I don't know, a paycheck or or for fame or I don't know, you know. Um, so to hear Chris Evans say this, um, writing this this really great message so eloquently, you know, it. Uh, I, I, I got emotional, you know. I didn't yeah. quite cry, but I, you know, I was close. It just shows that he cares about the fans, and yeah. he understands like what it means to be Captain America for us geek people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he mentions the audience, you know, specifically. So that's pretty awesome. Mm. Not, and he also mentions his co-stars, his uh, his crew members. You know, it's just a really classy move. Uh, so really awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, so two days ago on Sunday, October 8th, we got two season premieres of two awesome geek shows. One there, one was season nine of The Walking Dead. Okay. And season 13 of Doctor Who. And ah, so yeah. those two shows are big, you know, in their own rights. But what happened is that the first um, thing is the day before the season premiere actor scott wilson best known as herschel in the walking dead died at the age of 76 yeah and even though he's been gone for the from the show for four years his character's presence like left a standing impact for so many fans mm-hmm. yeah and then the second key thing to talk about here is that doctor who this is the first doctor to introduce a female doctor. Right. Played by Jodie Whittaker. And it's funny because when she first got cast as the role, there was so much hate and everything. Like, oh, the <laughs> doctor's male, whatever. Yeah. But this actually drew the biggest show's opener since David Tennant's 2008 when he first got introduced in The Doctor. So... The biggest show rating, like, in 10 years. And so if the numbers don't tell you a story about how excited people are one just to, to, wanted to tune in to see how this would take, people went to social media just to give praise to her performance, saying, like, oh, this is everything the show's meant to be, to a fresher breath air, to awesome representation. Like, it was just nothing but positive reactions. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, so I forgot about that. I was aware of the Walking Dead premiere this past weekend, but uh, yeah, I forgot that there was another major premiere of Doctor Who with, yes, a female doctor for the first time in history in this long-storied franchise. So that's Mm -hmm. a big deal, definitely a big deal. As was the passing of Scott Wilson, you know. um, He put in amazing performances in the show, The Walking Dead, but also in his uh, career for, you know, uh, previous to the show as Mm -hmm. well, you know. Uh, So a great body of work. And, yeah, you know, even though he really was in just, what, two seasons? Seasons two and three? Oh, wait, four as well. Two, three, and four. Yeah, he was in two, three, four. Two, three, four. Um, you know, not a long time, but he made a big impact. He was definitely that father figure that everybody kind of looked up to. Yeah, certainly. 
Yeah, it was interesting that there was this kind of multiple news item thing happening over the weekend where the the show came back on the air with season nine, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. He passed away like the day before the premiere, but also he passed away like moments after they announced that he would be in season nine, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, really wild. So yeah, they made the announcement at New York Comic Con uh, that he, as well as other previous cast members, would be on the show. Like they previously announced John Barenthal that he would be in season nine, um, but at New York Comic Con they mentioned Scott Wilson and Sonequa Martin Green would be mm-hmm. on season nine, right? Um, so that's pretty major news. And then crazy that I think it was just like a couple hours later where he actually passed away after that announcement. Mm-hmm. Wild. And uh, yeah, then the next day was the premiere. So kind of an interesting timing of it all. Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. And let's well, see. Real quick before we get off Walking Dead, uh-huh. um, I almost feel like we should have like a full Walking Dead episode soon-ish um, because... You know, both of us were kind of not feeling the show last season. Um, So now that season nine has started, I mean, just personally, I'm curious about like where you stand with Walking Dead. Again, I think we should do maybe a full episode to discuss. But right now, where are you at with this show? I haven't watched it since that episode that revealed that Carl was going to die when he got bitten. <laughs> okay, so some was, time ago. Uh, so that was mid-season of, of season eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now that it's all available on Netflix, I'll just watch it. And, you know, I was before I was like, I'll watch it week, week by week. But Kyle just was not interested. But now that it's all on Netflix, I'll, I'll give it a go again. Oh, interesting. So you... Haven't watched the show in some time, but you do intend to mm-hmm. continue on at some point. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Okay. Just, yeah, I wasn't as dedicated, you know, if I, as I was like when I was like interested in the show. You oh, know? wow. Okay. Yeah, I have kind of a different stance. Um, I finished season eight mm-hmm. um, and... You know, we talked about this. I I did not like season eight. And I really haven't liked the show a whole lot in a while now. So after... I know know, know you told me you stopped after Glenn. Yeah, the post-Glenn period has not been great, (laughs) for sure. You know, it wasn't like a hard stop there. Like, I feel like there was some good content after Glenn's death. Um, But A... The show wasn't quite the same without him, in my opinion. And most recently, I think the show really took a turn for the worse. And yeah, I'm basically declaring I'm done with the show. Like, I finished season eight, and today, again, Tuesday, October 9th, I declare I am not watching this show anymore. So, I mean, I think we can talk about this more in depth on another (laughs) episode uh but uh, that's kind of where i'm at you know um look i am intrigued by the return of shane the return of 
Herschel, The Return of Sasha, and maybe I will tune in for those episodes, or maybe like you, I'll revisit on uh, Netflix or whatever. Um, but I have no need to continue this show. Um, I'm okay getting spoiled. Like if my coworkers are talking about it and they're like, oh shoot, Henry hasn't seen it. I'll be like, you know, go ahead. I'm good. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how this continues on. It is interesting that you said you do intend on watching them at a later time. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of feel like. I might be getting a little FOMO if you're watching it. A lot of people I know are watching it. Um, but at the same time, maybe I'll just take the stance where I'll be like, I don't need to watch it. You guys tell me what's going on. Maybe I'll just do that. Uh-huh. So that's uh, that's it. Okay. That's it. Um, but yeah, stay tuned. I, I, I specifically wrote down um, a uh, an idea of having a Walking Dead themed episode where maybe i can say my official farewell to the show or something (laughs) like that i don't know um stay tuned yeah stay tuned okay go ahead so the next thing on our agenda is the highly anticipated dark phoenix trailer oh yeah that aired on september 26th so this movie it's the 12th installment of the x-men series and it's the first movie to come out in the X-Men series since 2016's horrible X-Men Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. And so if you're an avid comic book reader, you understand in the Phoenix comic storyline, this is when Jean Grey connects with her darker alter ego, Phoenix, where mm-hmm. she believes she's the most powerful mutant and everyone, including someone like Professor X, fears her. And, you know... This trailer didn't really appeal to me, but you never know. Um, (laughs) At first, we were expecting a Valentine's Day release date in 2019 to take that special someone, but Fox decided to push back that date, so now we're not going to watch it till June 2019. And now, honestly, at this point, I'm just waiting for Disney to own the rights (laughs) and just kind of restart the universe (laughs) so it connects with the rest of the MCU. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, you said a lot there. I was not aware that they pushed the release date back. Yeah. Because I watched the trailer, and yeah, I saw the release date as being February 14th, 2019. And it was like hours later or the day after they pushed it back. Whoa. Uh Okay. Maybe it was like the reactions to the trailer were so lukewarm that they decided to push it back. Uh Uh-huh. Maybe that's what happened. But I'm kind of with you, like... I'm sort of ready to let go of this iteration of the X-Men and just let Marvel Studios take over. For you real. Know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was surprised how uninterested I was watching this trailer. I saw, you know, all these uh, great characters, these great actors, you know, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, they're all in there, you know. Um, but I was like... I'm kind of done with these X-Men. You know, we kind of got the trilogy with with uh, X-Men First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, right? Um, I, you know, there are a lot of differing opinions on how good those movies were, but um, uh, I think there was some good stuff in there. I'm kind of ready to put that behind us and move on to the next level, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people are like that. It sounds like you're 
kind of of that opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's like something. It's I'll watch it just for the sake of it's a comic book film. Uh-huh. Um, I'll get into what that explains later on when we talk about Venom. Okay. But um, I'll watch it. Am I excited for it? If not so much. Like the trailer didn't buy me. Okay. But I'm like, eh, it's cool. Looks cool. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not excited about it, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Hey, oh, real quick, Preferio, uh, before we totally get off of Walking Dead, I did want to call out Walking Dead Day. So this Saturday, October 13th, is Walking Dead Day. Now, what does that mean? Nothing really, except that there will be a celebration of the 15th anniversary of the Walking Dead comic series. Can you believe it? 15 years of Walking Dead comics. Uh, quite an achievement. That's and amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And, um, you know, we've both voiced our displeasure on the TV show in recent times. Um, but uh, I think it's important to tip your cap to the comics. You know, Robert Kirkman really um, created something special and something that really broke through. Um, and I think it's cool that uh, there's going to be a 15-year anniversary this weekend. So just want to call that out, Walking Dead Day this Saturday. Okay. Okay, moving on. Uh-huh. And some one of our last stories... New York at New York Comic Con um, to show some love for DC. Warner Brothers announces a TV timeline for their new web streaming service, the DC Universe. And what a surprise! These shows exist in a totally different universe than their already established TV and movie extended <laughs> universes. Okay. So, being at the forefront is their live action series, Titans followed by the release of the highly anticipated Young Justice, newcomer shows Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and the release of anime series Harley Quinn starting Big Bang Theory's Kaylee Coco. Hopefully, Warner Brothers will find success in this medium. I don't want to bash on the material, but I legit want DC fans to enjoy their heroes to be done right on screen. (laughs) Okay. Um, wow, that was a lot there. So um, that last piece on Harley Quinn, what was that exactly? So there's going to be a Harley Quinn show starring, starring Kaylee Cuoco? Yeah, it's an animated show. Oh, animated. Uh-huh. Oh, so she's the voice of yeah. Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they released a small trailer at Comic-Con. Okay. Um, there's, it was like a small scene with featuring her and Poison Ivy. Okay. Um, I didn't check it out. Because like I'm not a DC fan as per se, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I heard po- positive positive reactions from it. So fingers crossed that it does good. Yeah, we'll see. That is pretty interesting. What you mentioned about the different universes. So you're saying that the DC movie universe is a different universe from titans and the other streaming shows on on the dc universe uh, streaming service Mm -hmm. and that is is a different universe from the other tv shows like like arrow flash supergirl legends of tomorrow (laughs) like so dc has three different universes yeah yeah there's the tv one the movie one and now the web series one 
That's weird. I I wonder why that is because you know if there's any advantage that DC does have over Marvel is that it's all under Warner Brothers, right? So mm-hmm. if they wanted to, they could connect everything. You know, the the problem that Marvel has had historically is it was split Being up. Accurate. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was split up. You know, there was Sony, there was Fox, mm-hmm. there was uh, Marvel Studios and Disney. Um, but yeah, the big advantage with DC is that they could sync up everything, but they're not doing that. That's kind of odd, don't you think? I think so. I think, I mean, I feel like the, I don't know what's going on with <laughs> Warner Brothers. Like you said, they have all these characters underneath an umbrella. They have the rights to all of them, but splitting them up into different universes, I guess, makes it more easier to write, you know? Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, that's true. It could be that, or maybe a big crossover event, um, something like Flashpoint Paradox, or... Hey, that's what I was thinking. Maybe uh, they're saying it's separate universes now, but then at some point they're like, guess what? Big crossover. We're going to merge these universes. That might be kind of exciting, right? Yeah. Uh, So maybe they're setting up something like that. If they did do that, I think it might be kind of cool. I mean, like, Henry... What's his name? Oh, Cavill. Cavill, yeah. Yeah. You know, he just exited the role as Superman in the movies. But they have Superman already casted on Supergirl. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the Flashpoint Paradox, I don't know. They could just, like have him like move up and join the movie franchise yeah yeah hey look dc in the comics has had separate universes too you know there's like earth and earth 2 and all that kind of stuff uh crisis on infinite earths and you know um all that so um maybe having these separate universes is actually in line with the comics in a way Mm -hmm. and yeah maybe they can have a big crossover event where you know, that'd be kind of cool, don't you think? Don't you think it'd be cool if they crossed over, like, you know, the the Melissa Benoist Supergirl with, like, the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman, you know, something mm-hmm. like that? It would be fucking cool, right? So um, I hope there's something like that. But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, they need to, if they're going to do that, they need to do it on Marvel first. I'm just saying. I really want to see, like, the Defenders members in an Avengers movie. Like, oh, oh, right, yeah. Like I would, I would want to see Daredevil fight alongside Spider-Man or Jessica Jones and Spider-Man, or Ooh, even yeah. Kingpin and Spider-Man's realm. That would be awesome. Oh yeah, hell like, yeah. Um, what's his name? The guy who, who plays Wilson Fisk he has so much interest in doing that. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah, man, that would be awesome. Yeah, you know. Um, the Marvel Netflix shows do technically take place in the MCU, um, so why not? Mm-hmm. Let's let's uh, let's see that. That'd be freaking great. Yes. You know the the Barenthal Punisher taking on the Tom Holland Spider Man. You know that'd be awesome. Dude, uh, speaking of the MCU Netflix shows, also at New York Comic Con, it was announced that we're getting a brand new villain and. Daredevil season three. Do you oh. want to do the honors, Henry? You know, I think I'll stop right there and let's not go further because um, 
yes, this is news, but I think it's a bit of a spoiler. So maybe let's not announce it. Oh, Why don't we just okay. not announce it? You uh, know? Okay, then you got to watch it. You got to watch it. <laughs> and we will watch it and uh-huh. we will recap Daredevil Season 3. Um, but let's just say, yeah, at New York Comic Con, there was an announcement that, um, let's just say, a lot of fans were happy to hear. Um, and, uh, dude, I can't wait to watch Daredevil Season 3. It's coming out soon. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I think we've been going on yeah, yeah. long enough here. Yeah. Any, any other uh, news items here before that's, we go into Venom? No, that's all of that's all the biggest news stories on our agenda. Cool. On to Venom. All yes. right. So, so Henry, do you want to start off? What was your take on Venom? Okay, my take. So, I think I should start with my expectations for this movie before I even saw it, and. Uh, yeah, my expectations were basically zero. <laughs> I was not expecting anything. I was not looking forward to this movie. Um, yeah, it's funny how it all panned out because, yeah, I kind of wasn't even planning on watching this movie. Um, but I know that you uh, were going to go see it. Mm-hmm. And it made sense for today's episode to be a re- Venom recap, but it kind of like fit in the calendars like oh a few days after release blah 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 um so i went to go see it but i was like kind of i kind of felt like i was being forced to watch it you know i was like oh man like do i really like oh okay fine Mm -hmm. and like when i went in i was like oh um maybe they'll show the latest into the spider-verse trailer and it's like, oh, that would be cool. At least I have that to look forward to. <laughs> and sure enough, the last trailer they showed for my uh, Venom screening was the latest Into the Spider-Verse trailer. I got to see it on the big screen, and I was super happy, man. It looks so awesome. Uh, so that helped. Uh, but yeah, when the Venom movie started, I was definitely back in that place where I was kind of dreading it (laughs) uh so that's that's like that was my perspective going in so now that i've seen it i have to say you know i would not categorize this movie as a quote-unquote good movie it's not a good movie it's it's a bad movie (laughs) the acting is not good the script is really really bad uh the effects are uneven let's put it that way the effects weren't awful all around but some points of the movie the effects were not good i would say and that all said i enjoyed this movie i liked this movie like i can't believe i'm saying this but i liked venom um and i liked it in the way you enjoy like a bad movie like kind of like it's so bad it's good sort of thing (laughs) kind of like that um, it's very campy. And I really love the fact that this movie did not take itself seriously at all. Um, it was fun. I had so much fun with this movie. Like, I can't believe how much fun I had watching this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I said, I went in expecting nothing. Um, I think that helped having like zero expectation. But uh, I had a great time. I had, I had more fun watching this movie than I did watching Ant-Man and the Wasp. I had more fun watching this movie than I had watching Deadpool 2. 
Um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Oh, Bottom that, line. That's saying a lot. It's <laughs> saying a lot, right? Uh, so that's my take. Um, we're not going to get into spoilers yet. Uh, we will. We will. We'll give the spoiler alert. Uh, but before we do that, uh, how about you, Perfurio? What's your take on this one? I was basically on the same boat as you. I had low to zero expectations of this movie being good. I knew I knew it was not going to be Avengers good, but it, it's funny. I had this kind of talk before watching it with Christian mm-hmm. um, that I was just, I had low expectations, but I was excited to watch this movie just because it was the first comic book movie I was watching since Ant-Man and the Wasp came out. Mm-hmm. And you know me, how I love good comic book movie. Yeah. And I I kind of compare it to kind of like taking like a drug, you know? Like, <laughs> it's been so long since I've done it. It's just yeah. like, I'll take anything. All right. And this was yeah. the only thing that was like, <laughs> gonna be, was going to be shown since yeah. Ant-Man yeah. the Wasp. So I was like... I'm so ready to watch another new comic book movie. Let's let's bring it on. So unlike me, you were looking forward to seeing it. I was looking forward to it. I was excited. Okay. I had no expectations because, like you, I thought the trailer looked bad. Okay, okay. So we're on um, the same page there, at least. Uh, the only reason I saw it opening night was because that's the only one that fit in my schedule. Okay. Honestly, if I had, like, my work schedule was flexible, I would have watched it any other night but opening night was the only night i was <laughs> okay. i was able to watch it so i did yeah um and just like you it was not good the script was not wow or <laughs> like i'm gonna recommend this to my friend but i had a lot of fun oh, okay it. really i thought it was very campy very campy yeah okay but i loved it i was laughing I was like, oh my gosh, this is so bad, but so awesome. Wow. Um, the effects were pretty good. I could see that it was, I think, I don't know if you said it, that it totally didn't take itself seriously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. It felt, it kind of felt like it was trying to be a Marvel movie with its jokes, but felt flat and <laughs> funny, but it was still like the jokes were not so funny but they're just funny that you're just like oh my gosh this is so corny (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah. i can't help but laugh yeah 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 and it's so funny because i went open night to go watch it and there is totally a different there was totally like an audience like i've been to like a midnight premiere for like an avengers movie Mm -hmm. and i've seen the fans like cheer and scream at like every like scene Mm -hmm. and in this movie like high schooler kids were coming in with their girlfriend or they came out of high school and they just wanted to enjoy this movie so it was like a totally different audience like just a typical moviegoer okay got it got it and but it was so campy. That's the best way I can <laughs> okay. describe it. Yeah, okay, that's cool. It sounds like we're very much on the same page with this movie. Um, you mentioned Christian earlier. That's your friend Christian, yeah. right? So you went to go see this movie with uh-huh. him. Um, yeah, shout out to Christian. Uh-huh. He is awesome. <laughs> and um, yeah, just uh, it's funny you mentioned how 
you saw the movie with kind of a non-comic geek audience. Yeah. Same with me. The crowd I went to see this movie with was a totally not a comic geek crowd. Yeah. Um, like when I was uh, in line to buy tickets, like I had this little voucher so I couldn't buy it uh, online or through the kiosk. I actually had to go to the box office. Mm-hmm. And like, it was funny, the person in front of me, there was a couple, like, you know, you're saying there were a lot of couples mm-hmm. at your screening. Yeah, the same here. There was a couple in front of me and the woman was buying tickets. She's like, uh, can I get two tickets for Venom? <laughs> so oh, I was like, my. okay, well, that's, she's not a comic geek. Um, she's not even really well-versed in the English language, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, and that kind of continued because when I went in, um, did, did you watch the draft house? Because I know that's where you usually go to watch movies. That is where I usually go. But the Alamo draft house did not show Venom. So I had to go elsewhere. Uh, so I ended up going to the AMC in Emeryville, the okay. Bay Street uh-huh. AMC. And, you know, I used to go there a lot. I used to live in Emeryville, so I used to go there a lot. And historically, it really hasn't been a comic geek kind of audience there mm-hmm. and it definitely wasn't there this last thursday night i'll say that <laughs> um so in addition to that initial uh incident with the the venom comment <laughs> uh i noticed sitting around me there was this huge group there um when i say huge i mean in numbers there were a lot of people but huge also in size so it was like there was like a whole team of venom uh physique dudes there <laughs> like big dudes and um i i noticed a lot of them had uh cal berkeley um athletic attire on mm-hmm. i and i don't have this confirmed but i think i saw venom with the entire cal berkeley football team <laughs> I, because these guys are huge they were enormous um so uh, not to say that jocks can't be geeks, but it definitely didn't feel like your it, typical like, comic geek audience. Like, yeah, if you've been to a big like Avengers midnight premiere, you know how a geek audience looks like. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, not I, just, we're not stereotyping, we're not, but we not, all know we're not we've been there. We've been there. We've been. We've we we know our people. <laughs> yeah, and I think for both of us, we were not amongst our people, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so a, a different feel there. Okay, um, so should we go into spoilers yet, or what do you think? Uh, let's see. There, there was one thing I was going to say that was non-spoilery. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. Yeah, the, I think this movie is just the best way to describe it, how me and Christian felt, was like it's cool to just kind of have, like, playing if you're having, like, friends over for the night and you want to watch a movie a cool action movie that's venom's the perfect movie like mm-hmm. just order in a pizza have a few drinks and put on venom that's the best way to put it instead of like you know something like star wars or harry potter you know yeah it's a cool uh, laid-back movie that's a good take i think with a lot of the marvel studios movies it's a lot of work because you feel like this obligation to pay really close attention, yeah. you know? Like, when I watch these movies at home, I turn on the subtitles, and I, like, I look at every <laughs> single word. Like, I don't want to miss anything, right? There's Easter eggs, and, like, it's all interconnected, you know? Um, sometimes 
it can be a bit of a chore, right? With yeah. Venom, you can kind of turn your brain off a bit and just like enjoy this like mindless action movie. Uh, I think what you mentioned is very true. Like you can just put it on at a party, maybe pay half attention to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like that type of movie. Um, and you mentioned campy. It is very campy. It's like, um, it reminds me of kind of a, like a sci-fi horror cult classic kind of feel. Like, it reminded me a little bit of the Predator series. Mm-hmm. You know, have you seen Predator movies? Yeah, I've seen them. You know, they're, they're fun movies, but they're not like high art by any means. Um, they're pretty cheesy. And yeah, like this movie, they don't take themselves very seriously like i feel i feel like the experience of watching a lot of these predator movies is akin to watching venom um so if that's your cup of tea then yeah maybe venom is for you um i certainly wouldn't recommend going into venom the way we the two of us go in to see a lot of superhero movies like going in like really excited to see high quality entertainment and really needing to pay attention and and geek out on the little details and everything. That that's not this movie, is it? Yeah, you don't have to watch it in IMAX. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um So, yeah, why don't we just go into spoilers, yeah? Okay. So, spoiler, spoiler alert. Ding 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 ding. Um I think some of the stuff that I'm going to say isn't necessarily spoilery, but in case it is, just want to give the spoiler alert now. Um, but yeah, why don't we go into some more depth, right? Like what are some specific aspects of the movie that we liked? What are some specific aspects we didn't like? Um, are there anything, or are there any aspects that you um didn't like? Yeah, we, we kind of started with a fairly positive response. Are there aspects of it that you thought were just like, yeah? Okay, yeah. One thing I didn't like was there wasn't enough gore in it, not enough mm. action. Um, I don't know, that, now, that, now that I'm saying it out loud, that's a pretty dark comment. But, <laughs> I mean, like, it's Venom. He's a yeah. dark character. Like, you kind of expect him to, like rip people's limbs off and everything you i mean he did bite i guess a couple heads off but there's no blood or anything yeah um well this brings up a good point like a lot of people were expecting this movie to be rated r Mm -hmm. it's not it's a pg-13 movie and when it was announced that it would be pg-13 it turned a lot of people off people were like what the hell like why do I need to see this movie? I don't want to see a PG-13 Venom, right? Um, so, yeah, like the violence is toned down. It's not as violent as a Deadpool movie. It's not as violent as like Logan, yeah. right? Um, but it was pretty violent, right? It was kind of pushing the envelope on PG-13 violence, right? Yeah. I mean, there was also, there was 30 minutes cut off from the movie, Oh, is that right? Uh, there, maybe that was the rated R segment. I don't could know. Could be, could be. Um, you know, I will say this, just to chime in real quick. Even though this is not a rated R movie, it kind of felt like a rated R movie. You know, um, you alluded to it earlier. But yeah, you do see Venom bite 
two heads off in this movie. It happens. It doesn't happen off, off, uh, off screen. Uh, it does happen. There's no blood, which is kind of weird. Um, but you do see decapitations, you know? You do see that. Uh, so I'll say that. Also, I will say this. There are some curse words in the movie. I think there are just few enough that it got PG-13. But the words pussy, shit, and fuck are used in this movie. Now, this is a true statement. <laughs> uh, they, they were each used one time and one time only, uh, but uh, they were used. So there were certainly aspects of a rated R movie in it. And besides just the specifics of it, you know, it felt like a rated R movie. Like I mentioned the Predator series, it felt like uh, those movies. Um, so for people who are like automatically turned off, like, oh, PG-13, blech, I don't want to see that. You know, um, I will say that. Like it kind of felt like a rated R movie. You know the way Dark Knight kind of felt like a rated R movie? Yeah. Kind of like that. I mean, not to c- <laughs> compare uh, these two movies no. at all. Like, talk about polar opposites, you know. Um, but the way Dark Knight felt like a rated R movie, yeah, Venom kind of feels like a rated R movie too. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, what else? Boy. What else uh, didn't you like so much? I felt like, like again, those one-liners, they kind of, uh, they're funny to mm-hmm. a certain point. But then I was also getting annoyed. I was like, Venom would never do this. Like, he would <laughs> never, like, inten- intentionally try to be funny. Because there were moments where he was just kind of, like, um, blasting Eddie Brock about, like, not taking the next step with his girlfriend and everything. And, you know, like, oh, oh, oh ask yeah. her out or... Ask her this, you might not see her again and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, mm, this, doesn't seem, this, doesn't, this doesn't seem like something Venom would say. Okay, let's address that. So when you're saying this isn't something Venom would say, we have no context of what Venom might say except for what? The one other movie portrayal of Venom, the uh, Topher Grace Venom in Spider-Man 3, which... I think we can safely say we'll just throw that off the Wait. table. Forget uh-huh. that even happened, right? Uh-huh. Um, but the other point of reference is the comics. That sounds like what you're yeah. comparing it to. So you're uh-huh. saying the comics Venom would never be like wise, cracky, and and making jokes and mm-hmm. doing one-liners and stuff. Now, I think yeah, we should we should get into this a bit. Does this completely stray from the comics Venom? Um, do you think it's just too much? Like, what are your thoughts about movie Venom versus comics Venom? I think movie Venom, it was really, Sony was trying to really, I feel like keeping it with like the Marvel formula of trying to be campy and funny with, you know, because people know that it's a Marvel movie and they know that they're going to be, shown this like one at one liners and stuff so i feel yeah. like it was trying to copy that tone that mood right right but if you could tell it just kind of obviously tried a little too hard okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how i that's how i interpreted it okay but again it was like 
They were just so bad they were good. <laughs> you know, very corny. Yeah. So what about this? Um, I'll, ha- I'll have some thoughts about the, the Venom character, like the voice in mm-hmm. Eddie Brock's head. Um, that was pretty interesting to me. I'll, I'll get into that. Mm-hmm. But before that, um, I think more than like the Venom character being kind of comedic, I think this version of the Eddie, the Eddie Brock slash Venom character is very different from the comics character because he's like a good guy really like he eddie brock is a good person in this movie right Mm -hmm. like he um he does uh these um these news shows which kind of like expose corruption and um he's kind of a do-gooder right and um you know, he has this girlfriend who he's like really nice to, and he's like he's like in love with her, and she's like the love of his life, and um, like okay, so I'm not super familiar with Venom. I haven't read a, a lot of comics with Venom, but I have read the first appearance of Venom, Amazing Spider-Man 300, and I just reread this recently. Eddie Brock in that comic. The first appearance of Venom again. Uh, he's not a good person. <laughs> he's a vindictive, spiteful, pretty evil dude. Uh-huh. You know. Um, so this version of Eddie Brock doesn't feel like that at all, really. You know, the the movie was going for this kind of lovable loser thing. You know, this nice guy who has great intentions, but things go wrong. And then he becomes Venom, and then all hell breaks loose, right? He's like, he felt like a buffer version of Peter Parker. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. so, okay, that's interesting, because I felt like Tom Hardy was miscast in this movie. Yeah. Um, like, he actually looked like the original comics Eddie Brock. So, like, Eddie Brock in Spider-Man 300, like I was saying, he's he's big, he's strong, he's got muscles. You know, he, he looked like uh, he did, Tom yeah. Hardy in this movie. Mm-hmm. But the characterization is completely a 180. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's, a, he's a, a really good person in this movie. It didn't fit at all. Um, and it, it didn't... It did, so, the, the comics and the movie are very different, but the, the look of Tom Hardy did not fit uh, his character in this movie, like he looked like the evil Eddie Brock, but he behaved like kind of like what you're saying, like a Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, they should have gotten like some skinny dude, like a Michael Sarah or something, and have him be the lovable loser. Uh, uh, having no, Mike- we don't need another like Topher Grace or. <laughs> well, I think that's what they're going for. Yeah. They're they're trying to get away from that type of uh, actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but for this characterization of Eddie Brock, I felt like Tom Hardy wasn't the right person. He, he didn't work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, um, the only... I've read two comic storylines with Venom. Okay. Because I wanted to understand who the character was. I read yeah. Maximum Carnage. Oh, right. Yeah, um, you mentioned that before. And in that storyline, basically Carnage, he like wrecks havoc on new york killing people and everything and venom and spider-man team up together to try to stop carnage okay and you know carnage kind of just goes on a rampage and just like leaves like 
people kind of left for dead. Like he'll rip them apart, but kind of like leave them to die so okay. he can get away. And Spider-Man would try to stay behind and let Carnage get away so he could like help these people like get some help and help save them lives. Venom's like the total opposite. He's like, no, we got our number one priority is stopping Carnage. Like, we'll let this person die for the sake of saving like another person, you know? Yeah. And in yeah. this movie, it's kind of like the opposite, like you were saying. Like, he was totally not selfish or at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then another comic storyline I read is actually called The Venomverse. Okay. Where Venom, again, he's a totally like selfish guy who only cares about himself and not anyone else. And in this story, in this movie, he is not so selfish. Like, the symbiote um, hosts with Eddie Brock and it's like, oh, let's save the planet because... I'm a loser where I come from, just like you. Yeah. And I don't want Riot, the villain, to come and bring all these symbiotes back to Earth, you know? Yeah. So let's save the planet. It's just like, okay. Yeah. I guess. Like, but it's like, who is this guy? This guy's not Venom? <laughs> uh-huh. Like, what the? Well, okay. I will say this. Eddie Brock did not work for me. I felt like this guy is... He he's he's too good of a character. He's 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 a good guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the whole reason you cast Tom Hardy, and the spirit of the Venom character is an anti-hero. You know, this wasn't an anti-hero. This was like kind of what you're saying, like more of a mainstream superhero uh, story where this is like this uh, like a lovable character. You know, it's like what the heck? It didn't work. Mm-hmm. What did work for me was the Venom character, like the voice in the head. You know. Um, you, you're saying a lot of the lines are pretty cheesy, but I thought they're hilarious. You know, I was laughing my ass off from uh, Venom's dialogue. You know, like throughout the movie, Eddie Brock is like talking to quote unquote himself. It's Eddie Brock talking to Venom, right? And um, the voice of Venom is also Tom Hardy. Uh, it's like kind of a uh, like a modularized voice, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's super funny, you know. I think it's hilarious, and I think as miscast as Tom Hardy was for Eddie Brock, I think he was pitch perfect as Venom. You know, I think Venom was hilarious. You know, I, I couldn't get enough of all the of the comedy and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. There was a moment. It was super funny. I, I should go back. You know, I mentioned the term "pussy" was used. It wasn't used in. A misogynistic way I should just say that it, I thought the way it was used was really funny because um, Eddie Brock was like on the run mm-hmm. and Venom's telling him like oh, I got these powers you know you you want you want to like climb this building mm-hmm. like we can make that happen like so sure enough they climb the building and then when they're trying to get out of the building Venom's like let's jump out the window let's, yeah. let's do this and Eddie's like uh no and he takes the elevator down right and that's when venom calls him a pussy uh-huh. right i fucking laughed out loud from that you know <laughs> i think it's great like moments like those were so hilarious <laughs> so again man tom hardy as the voice of venom to me that saved the movie like i really had so much fun with that mm-hmm. so you know on that uh note maybe we can get into other stuff that we enjoyed mm-hmm. any other aspects of this movie you had uh had a good time with um 
besides the comedy, not so much. I mean, there's nothing else that comes to mind. But another thing that I kind of liked was the location, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I liked it just because, you know, I know Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man's not in this movie. Sorry, you guys. That sucks. But I feel like... Yeah. We know from, like, the movie Spider-Man's in New York. This happens in right. San Francisco. So, yeah. potentially, we could see Spider-Man in the future, you know? Potentially. Who knows? Sony <laughs> might strike up a deal with Marvel Studios and have Spider-Man do, like, a little cameo in the in the future films. Yeah, you never know. Um, I, that's a theory I had. Just yeah. that they picked that certain location in case they ever wanted to do that idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is it is interesting. A lot of people were going into this movie thinking, dude, how can you have a Venom movie without Spider-Man? And then sure enough, like you were saying, Spider-Man is not in this movie. How can you have Venom without Spider-Man? Um, they, uh, they strayed. You know, like we've been saying, this movie is far removed from the comics. And um, the fact that Spider-Man is not in it is just going right along with all that. So, yeah, Eddie Brock in this movie is very different from Eddie Brock in the comics. Venom is different. There is no Spider-Man. So the origin story is different, right? The origin of Venom in the comics is the symbiote goes into Spider-Man and then leaves Spider-Man and goes into Venom, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But here there's no Spider-Man. So that in itself is a huge change from the origin of Venom. So it's very different. Not to say it it wasn't fun, man. So um, I want to call out a few things. Like I know you're a horror fan, Mm -hmm. Perferio. We're going to talk about horror movies in our next episode. Um, But there were some elements of horror in this movie, you know? Um... I mean, by no means was it a horror movie, but uh, there were some elements, there right? There some darker elements. Yeah, right? like um, early on when Eddie Brock first has a symbiote in him, there's this cool, like, kind of a jump scare moment where he looks in the mirror. He sees his own face, but then the Venom face kind of pops out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, pretty cool. Like, like, when that happened, I was like, oh, we might have something here. Because up to that point, like, before the symbiote, um, uh, takes over Eddie Brock. The movie was kind of boring, you know. I was kind of not feeling it. But then once you know, once we have Venom, the symbiote is with Eddie Brock. Um, it really takes off. There's like that that jump scare in the mirror and um, some pretty bonkers action scenes too. You know, like there's this wild car chase throughout the streets of San Francisco, like Eddie Brock is on a motorcycle Uh and um, he's getting chased, but the Venom powers are like helping him escape, you know, Mm -hmm. really crazy. And there's another fight where I think it's Venom taking on like the police in like a dark room. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. And the police have like flashlights on their guns and stuff. Uh Um, Pretty cool scene. Like, you know, I talked about, how this movie has the appeal of the Predator movies, that scene felt a lot like Predator, you know, where Predator, um, he can see in the dark, right? He can mm-hmm. see the, the the heat vision, you know? Yeah, the heat vision. So, yeah, that scene, it's Venom versus these cops in the dark, and um, it felt 
predator-esque you know uh, a lot of fun you know um the only action scene that i thought kind of fell flat was the very end where um it's the big showdown between the symbiotes right it's venom versus riot mm-hmm. right um yeah it was just like overly cgi'd you know like it felt a little bit like that hulk versus abomination battle at the end of incredible hulk Mm -hmm. just like a lot of cgi and it completely was removed from reality um that's the scene i thought where the effects are kind of like yeah yeah not so great um i did like the fact that like venom had a real challenge at the end because um, up to that point, there were some fun action scenes, to, but there weren't real stakes, right? He wasn't really challenged by uh, much of anyone until the end. So I, yeah. I thought there was that at least. But like I said, the effects weren't that great. Um, but like I'm saying, overall, uh, a lot of fun, like fun action scenes and uh, a lot of comedy that um, was a little hit or miss. But I think they really hit the mark on uh, a lot of occasions here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, got a little time left. Any last thoughts with the Venom movie? Um, should we do talk about that mid-credit scene? Absolutely, yeah. Uh-huh. So you know, if you're expecting Carnage to be in this film, you're gonna wait until the next film. Let's just put it like that, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. I-, I think every fan, if you're a comic book reader, was like expecting like. Is Riot Carnage? Is yes. He, does yeah. he have that red suit? Um, no. He's. It's not Carnage. It's a totally different guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he has a red symbiote. Yeah, <laughs> I noticed that there are some traces of red uh-huh. in Riot at uh-huh. that final battle scene. So I thought, oh, wait, is that Carnage? Yeah, but that's what I thought too. It's not. Uh, it's not. And it's not until that mid credit scene that... Um, Eddie Brock, he goes into a prison to mm-hmm. interview a patient there. Yeah. They don't reveal who the patient's name is. Right. But sitting in this jail cell is Woody Harrelson. Yes. With <laughs> stupid red hair. Very ridiculous clown-like hair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Very red hair. Yeah. And he's talking about how crazy he is and everything. And then he talks about he's ready to unleash some dun dun dun, dun carnage. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where carnage is. <laughs> yeah. So they're teasing uh-huh. a Venom versus Carnage in the sequel, right? Uh-huh. Basically, it was a pretty lame scene. It was um, not yeah. a big highlight. It was not a big buildup at all. Yeah. Like I was kind of let down to how that how they approached that. I was disappointed. With I mean, the build-up was cool, but I was disappointed with the casting choice. Yeah, there wasn't a big payoff here. Um, and, like, kind of what you were alluding to, the writing of the scene was kind of lame. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the writing in this movie overall was pretty horrendous. You know, like, um, you know how I mentioned uh, how I was really bored before the symbiote? melded with eddie brock uh-huh. um yeah when when it first melded with them even then i was kind of like like what is this movie like this is mm-hmm. like ridiculous uh because there were some really corny lines 
like um you know in the past we've talked a little bit about showing rather than telling you know when a movie shows you things rather than telling you like doing exposition um it tends to work better like uh, i think this script could have used <laughs> some of that advice right because uh -huh. there were so many moments where tom hardy as eddie brock was like what is happening to me what is going on you know um it's just it's just like terrible writing you know it's really really rough um that's why i think it really helped when the action and the straight-up comedy took over um because like the dramatic writing was just like terrible mm -hmm. yeah one last thing i want to talk about um i don't know if i've ever said this is in, in an episode i know i talked about this at our toy expo panel okay but i use rotten tomatoes a lot okay and it kind of helps me like influence like whether or not i'm going to watch a movie yeah and if it's a movie i'm really interested in rotten tomatoes still gives a, a bad score i'm probably still going to watch it I kind of only use Rotten Tomatoes to help me like decide if I really want to spend $13 on a movie. Mm -hmm. The score for this movie was horrible. It was only at 30%. Right. I knew that going in. That <laughs> I Like I said, I had zero expectations for this movie. Yeah. But it's so funny. And now that you look at it, like audience gives a, an 89%. Yeah. So obviously people had a good time with this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought this up because this movie did not do well with critics at all. Like you said, yes. it's 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, not a good score. And yet, it seemed to do well with audiences. You and I both had fun watching this movie. And guess what? It made a lot of money this opening weekend. Uh, you know? Yeah, it broke a record for largest October opening. Yeah, it's a huge win for Sony. And um, this isn't exactly a movie I really, really want to stand behind. You know, I enjoyed myself, but like, let's be honest, it wasn't very good. <laughs> but I will say this. I will say that I really like the fact that this movie did well with a poor Rotten Tomatoes score. Because what it tells me is that, oh, okay, you don't need to stick with this Rotten Tomatoes score. That a lot of people look at very closely you know even though a movie doesn't do well on rotten tomatoes hey you might have fun you might enjoy yourself um don't be like oh okay it's a certain score i just simply will not go or have some sort of stigma where like this movie has nothing to offer you know i think every movie has something to offer right um so i, I do like that i do like the fact that it kind of shits on the idea that um, a certain RT score just means do not go, period, right? You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so I think that's cool. Okay, one other thing I wanted to say, maybe the last thing here. Not only was there a mid-credits scene, the carnage scene, mm -hmm. but there was a post-credits scene also. Did you stay in the theaters to yeah, see I this? That. Okay, yeah. me too. Um, I'm glad we both did because it was a full scene. I mean, we're talking like... What was it like five to ten minutes or oh, so? Oh, yeah, I was surprised how long it was. <laughs> a full scene of Into the Spider Verse. So I was super happy. Like, I didn't know if there was going to be anything. So I stuck around uh, just in case. And um, when the, the words came up, 
it was like in a comic book font. It said, meanwhile, in another universe, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. I was like, oh, shit. And sure enough, they showed a full scene from Into the Spider-Verse, and it looks amazing. Man, I can't wait for, for that movie. Um, kind of odd, you know, this uh, animated movie, Into the Spider-Verse, appears to have absolutely nothing with this Venom movie, and um, this post credit scene was really nothing more than like an advertisement for the movie i think um but i was happy with it because i can't wait for this movie and the more i can see it the the happier i am basically uh what are your thoughts on on the post-credit scene i mean i liked it um into the spider-verse i'm not like i don't feel like as i'm I'm excited as you are but i'll watch it i'm excited to see miles morales how can you not be excited come on I mean, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> Are you uh, more of a purist where you're a Spider-Man super fan, but you're like like all in for Peter Parker, no, not so no. much with the other no, Spider-Man no, characters? No, 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 I think I think I just need to read the Spider-Verse comic first to be more okay. excited for it. I mean, everything about it looks cool, like all the different Spider-Mans, Gwen Stacy's going to be in it, Miles Morales, Spider-Pig. Um, <laughs> oh, Spider-Ham. Oh, that's his name. <laughs> yeah, Spider-Ham. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, some reading to do. <laughs> uh, exactly. The, yeah. Um, I think I just got to ch- read out the comics first and then to be more excited. I mean, everything about it looks good. The graphics look good. The dialogue looks good. I'm, I'm stoked for it, but... I guess just because it's animated, I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like not uh, as excited. You know? I, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not the world's biggest animated animated movie fan. Um, but this one in particular really is capturing my attention. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it is pretty interesting. Um that uh, Into the Spider-Verse is a um, Christmas time release. Yeah. Yeah, you know, tr- traditionally Christmas time movies are like Oscar bait kind of movies. Mm-hmm. But this year, very interesting. It's it's uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the Bumblebee movie, and Aquaman. They're all coming out around mm-hmm. that same time. I've, very uh, interesting. I feel like Spider-Verse is a cool movie to just, you know, take the family, go watch it. Like, there you go. It's a good family-friendly movie. Like the kids are out of school, we'll just go watch it at the movie theater and have a good time, and then we'll get yeah. the Christmas gifts later. <laughs> it, you know, in my opinion, this movie is the Christmas gift. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I could see this movie making a lot of money. Uh-huh. I could seeing I, I could see families flocking to this movie. There's no Star Wars movie this Christmas, mm-hmm. and. Um, this one looks like the family movie to see. Will you take your kid to go watch it? We'll see. You know, my, <laughs> my son Simon, he loves Spider-Man. Uh-huh. I've been reading him Miles Morales comics also, so mm-hmm. he's ready. Um, but he's not really ready for the movie theater experience yet, oh, okay. I think. Um, uh-huh. So I think I'm going to hold off on that for now. Um, I'll probably, like, you know, get the Blu-ray, Blu-ray and watch it at home with him and everything. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, I'll be there. <laughs> I will certainly be there. Great. And I could see a lot of families going. And like I said, I could see this movie 
making a lot of money. Aquaman, I think, uh, is shaking in his uh, his wet pants right now a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how an animated movie is competition for one of DC's biggest quote-unquote movies. Yeah. Well, you know, to give DC credit, the Batman Lego movie did make a lot of money. But that uh, was hilarious. You know, it was funny, <laughs> um, for sure. Um but it wasn't head to head with a Marvel movie when it released. So this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like how does an animated Marvel movie movie stack up to a, a DC live action movie? Um so it'll be yeah. it'll be fun to watch that. Like with um Christmas time, it really hasn't been superhero movie time of year before, but this time around it is. Mm-hmm. So uh it'll be interesting to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, you talk Aquaman. Yeah. Um, I say, like, that's a perfect little segue to talk about our next episode because Aquaman is directed by the same person who did the Conjuring movies. And yes. I think he did Insidious. You're right. Also. He did. So hopefully Aquaman has the horror elements because those movies are amazing. Um, side note. But... Perfect little segue into our next topic. Our next episode, we're going to do a horror movie episode in the spirit of Halloween. Yeah, so we've been wanting to do this for a while. So next episode, we will talk some horror movies. Uh And um, it should be fun. You know, the Halloween season is upon us. And um, I know both you and I like to watch horror movies this time of year, right? So we're going to do it anyway. So we're going to do it uh, this month and regroup in a couple weeks and uh, and talk about stuff. Yeah, basically, the plan is for you to see a horror movie that I've seen but you haven't seen, uh-huh. and for me to see a horror movie that you've seen but I haven't seen before, and we can sort of get our respective takes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Should we tell them what the horror movies we picked for each other? Absolutely, or? yeah. What do you got for me? So, like I said, um, James Wan... The guy who is directing Aquaman, mm-hmm. one of his works that I really love is Insidious. Mm. I think it's one of the best horror films to come out in the past decade. Oh, wow. Um, I think you should watch it. I brought it for you. <laughs> you and brought the DVD for me. Yes. Uh-huh. Appreciate it. And so, yeah, it's awesome. I'm just saying. It's really good movie. <laughs> it's cool. really well written. The graphics are awesome. And... I think you'll like it. You'll enjoy it. Right on. Yeah, I think it's cool that, uh, you know, this time of year, uh, the Halloween time of year is upon us, and um, I do like uh, watching horror, so uh, this is right up my alley. And I have seen both of the Conjuring movies, highly enjoyed both of them, both directed by James Wan, and James Wan, yes, did direct Insidious, so I'm looking forward to checking this out. And also, um, like we've been saying, James Wan is the director of Aquaman, so a little bit of a preview, you know, in, in of, so, of sorts there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Patrick Wilson, the actor Patrick Wilson, stars in this movie. He also starred in Conjuring 1. And he's in Aquaman. And he's in Aquaman, <laughs> and he was in Conjuring 2. So yeah. uh, he, he's uh, James Wan's go-to, I guess. So, yeah. Um, yeah, 
Should be interesting. Uh, I have a feeling Aquaman will be much different from these <laughs> movies, but uh, you know, I'll definitely be looking for similarities. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Uh, and so, what movie did you pick for me? So, watch? for you, Perfirio, um, I know you're a big horror fan, so um, I was wondering if it might be kind of difficult to find a really good horror movie that. You haven't seen, right? That I've seen, but you haven't seen. Um, but as it turns out, I was surprised to find out that you have not seen the horror classic The Shining yeah. <laughs> by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Uh, so that is your homework, to watch The Shining for the first time. I'm excited yeah. for you because I'm I really very, love this movie. I've always put it on my to-do list, but I've never actually watched it. So, no. I'm excited to actually just sit down and enjoy it. Right on. So uh, we'll talk about these two flicks and maybe talk a little bit about horror in general. Um, for anyone who thinks that horror is not comic book related, I beg to, to differ. You know, superhero comics really um, came from horror comics. I, well, I shouldn't say came from, but they were the... Uh, they, they followed horror comics, yeah. you know, um, the, the silver age of comics, you know, really followed uh, a horror trend. Um, so I think horror and comics are really intertwined. We talked a little bit about, about Walking Dead. Um, there's a good example to I mean, horror I feel, and comics. Uh, I mean, even not so much comic book related. I feel like horror is just also like a geek fandom oh, interest yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, if you'd love something you're a geek and horror films it's like something that everyone can love you know yeah as long as it's an interest and you got fun with it good point and i will add to that that with horror movies there is an aspect there's a feel of horror movies that is kind of unlike other genres yeah you know there's a kind of a kind of like what we've been talking about with venom like there's sort of this fun cheeky campy thing going on um it's the adrenaline there's an adrenaline aspect there's a visceral reaction aspect um it's pretty unique and i think uh there's a special place in cinema for horror movies i think um so we'll we'll get into that next time yeah yeah i think we're 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 going too much here (laughs) so okay hey you know before we finish up there were a couple other things we wanted to mention. Um, one was something I had in mind, um, but I forgot to bring up. It's the fact that, you know, I had mentioned before how I like diversity with comic book adaptation movies. You know, I wasn't a huge fan of Ant-Man and the Wasp, but I like the idea of, you know, an action comedy superhero movie. You know, and I'm really, really, really digging like all the different types of superhero movies we're seeing. Um, and, you know, I felt like Venom kind of fell into that camp, too. Like Venom, for all its faults, this is a totally different experience than watching any other superhero movie. It was like a sci-fi comedy. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard thing? to explain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's maybe it. A sci-fi comedy superhero uh-huh. movie. <laughs> it's just different, you know? Like, uh-huh. it's it's not a good movie by any means, but there's a lot of fun to be had, and it is different. Like, 
that maybe that's my main takeaway. I I walked away from the movie and I felt like something I had never felt before. Like I experienced something I had never felt before. So that that in itself is kind of cool. So I will say that. Um, And I'm glad you brought this up, Perferio. We didn't uh, rate the movie. Um, so why don't we give our ratings here? Uh, you want to start, Perfurio? Uh, you, you know, if you've ever listened to our past podcast, you know I kind of always rate higher than you. But yeah. even though we have the same thoughts and same yeah. critiques, and I'm saying this, I give this a 7 out of 10. Okay, 7 um, out of 10, like, yeah. I don't think it's the best movie ever, but I had fun with it. And like I said... Um, if you have nothing else to do and just want to enjoy a good movie, go watch yeah. Venom. <laughs> okay. And would you say that seven is like basically the lowest score you can give before like giving a thumbs down essentially? No, I think a six is like like the very like lowest okay. uh, that I would give for dumps. A th- the lowest thumbs up would yeah. be a six. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have that same metric. That's why I'm giving Venom a six. <laughs> um, yeah, it sounds like, I think from today's episode, it may sound like I should be giving it a higher rating. But yeah, I mean, let's be honest. It's just not a great movie. Like, we talked a lot about it before. But yeah, the acting, the writing, and a lot of the effects are just, they leave a lot to be desired. Um, so, Yeah. If you go into this movie expecting some masterpiece, an Oscar performance, <laughs> yeah, you're going to be pretty disappointed. You got another thing coming. Uh-huh. Um, but I think if you go in expecting nothing or just expecting something kind of schlocky and campy, um, you just might have a good time. Yeah. We found the perfect movie for you. There we go. Uh-huh. Okay. With that, we can wrap up the episode. This is. Farewell from Henry and Porfirio.